What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This week, we have a great episode about a mapping software that I love to use. It's called Acres.co, and we have Aaron Shu, who is uh, the data scientist for that software. And we're going to be diving into a lot of really neat things that will make you a more informed buyer or seller, and really just go in there and, and use all the tools that are available. There's a free version and also a paid version. We have a deal going on, so if you want to get a year of a premium subscription, it comes out to $20 a month, $60 off the annual uh, subscription. All you have to do is use the code LANDPODCAST at checkout at acres.co. So I hope you guys take advantage of that if you find some value and some interest from what we talk about here today. Before we do get into the episode, a couple other announcements. We are still doing the Exodus and Prime Archery giveaway. giveaway. All you have to do is head over to the link in the description, sign up for that. We're going to be giving away a brand new Prime Rebex bow, a dozen Exodus MMT arrows, a brand new Exodus rival, and solar panel value is over $1,800. And all you have to do is sign up for that. We're going to be announcing the winner for those on March 13th. And then, as you guys know, we did a giveaway for the rival launch. And the lucky winner for the land podcast is SMDunne14. Send an email to info at exodusoutdoorgear.com and we'll get you your brand new Exodus rival. Appreciate everyone that made a point to go ahead and get in their name in the running for that. We're gonna be announcing the other two winners on the Exodus podcast tomorrow. And lastly, if you're new to the podcast, the goal of this is to help 100 people buy their first piece of land. I'm gonna go through it really quickly. Number one, if you're in the state of Illinois and you want assistance buying your first piece of land, reach out to me. Number two, if you wanna get connected with someone I would personally do business with, I will be happy to make an introduction as long as I know someone in that area. If I don't know anyone, I'll be happy to tell you that I don't. And number three, if you just simply learn something from this podcast, let me know and I wanna add you to the list of 100 folks. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. And uh, we never really do deals. That's the first promo we've ever provided on this. So I hope you guys take advantage of that. And uh, until next time, here we go. Aaron, welcome to the Land Podcast. How's it going? It's great, man. Good to see you, Jake. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm really pumped to uh, dive into a lot of things here today. Not the, this is just uh, my thoughts here, like the space of agriculture and land is seeing a bit of a renaissance right now with a lot of really great tools, a lot of brilliant minds working on these products. And Acres is definitely in that in that renaissance. So uh, you handle basically this, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself and what exactly you handle because I don't want to butcher it. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, well, thanks again for for having us on here. Uh, glad to be with you today. And um, yeah, joining from acres.co uh, with a .co. Uh, so a little quick plug for the fact that we'll, we'll down the road be a .com, uh, but mm. .co for now, acres.co. And yeah, so I run our data science team. Uh, I've been around for, I guess, since about fall of 21. Uh, so I came over a good friend of mine worked for Acre Trader, uh, which is our, our umbrella company, and asked me to come over and check out some of the stuff they're doing. I was a professor at the University of Arkansas. I'm an ag economist uh, by training, was a professor of ag economics, uh, was doing a lot of economics, um, got plugged in over here doing some part-time work, and pretty quickly was sold. Just the team, the leadership, and this Acres product uh, was fascinating. And took a full-time leap over here uh, last summer. So, yeah, and moving like a freight train. So, really That's exciting cool. stuff going on. That's cool. So, I have to ask, um, who had acres.com previously? Do you know? Or how hard it was to acquire that? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I'm just, um, yeah, I, I wasn't part of that conversation. Uh, but, yeah, the .co, um, we, we've 
good progress with progress with and yeah the dot com uh, is coming down the pipeline it'll be cool. it'll be a couple of months but yeah that's cool so a little bit more about your background i mean what was it like being an ag professor um i mean what were some of uh, any learnings throughout that chapter of your career that you found really interesting that maybe you trans have used to transform into where you're at today yeah i mean very different careers um but i i couldn't have found a more perfect fit for an industry job. I mean, I don't have any negative things to say about my academic experience. I had great colleagues, was part of some great research, uh, enjoyed teaching students. Some of those students I now work with uh, in this the ag industry more broadly. Uh, but my background was ag econ, and then I did a fair amount of remote sensing uh, with satellite imagery. And so um, some of the work involved, you know, uh, looking at crop production internationally with satellites. Uh, some of my work was estimating you know, uh, flood impacts on crop production mid-season. So I did some work on that in Arkansas. A couple of years ago, we had a big flood down in the Dumas region, destroyed hundreds of millions of dollars of crops. So trying to get a really quick damage assessment of that with satellite imagery and trying to see what kind of response was needed from, from a policy standpoint. So a lot of fun mapping work, uh, some, some other work on groundwater uh, declines in East Arkansas or, or other regions and the impacts on land values. It's another still burning question that nobody really has a good answer for, um, at least here. Uh, so all of that, really, the mapping, uh, the GIS and the, the remote sensing work uh, tied to agricultural land and agricultural land values, uh, sort of my bread and butter there. And I get to be in the thick of it every day here. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What So <clears throat> what do you think where we're at today with just in terms of satellite imagery and how far it's come really in the last 15 years, how much more crazy detail can can we get with satellite imagery because it's like going on acres now and to be able to filter through all these different things it's pretty remarkable because you can go anywhere in the united states and just feel like you're you're right there and i, I feel like a real map junkie because i'm always looking yeah. at maps and it's like well you know, like i literally see an outline of a farm i'm like oh i think it's here <laughs> Sorry, look out, sure look no it's it's a it's a great question. I mean, I think you're going to continue to see some pretty dramatic improvements uh, in the imagery domain. I mean, there's a lot of uh, new kinds of imagery data coming out, some SAR data, which is an active sensor, as opposed to a lot of passive sensor stuff, the vegetation index that everybody's familiar with and that we have for free on our website. Uh, is probably the long, you know, it's probably the longest running and most widely known and used uh, satellite imagery derivative product um, in agriculture. But uh, I, I think from my perspective, you know, being particularly in the land uh, valuation space, uh, it's quite different than a, a farm manager or a precision ag, um, you know, uh, type of technology. So I think we have a long way to go for imagery uh, to prove out successful from a precision ag perspective. So, you know, repeating imagery on a daily basis with really, really high spatial resolution. So like, you know, 10 centimeters, 20 wow. centimeters, five centimeters, um, you know, that that could could change the way that precision ag works. I think there's still a big question about cost. Like, is it worth it? Uh, I think to date, the answer to that is no. We've seen a lot of imagery com companies come and go in the farm management and precision ag space uh, and not really provide enough value for what it which is really supporting buying and selling land. Um, imagery doesn't need to be every day and it doesn't need to be the highest resolution, right? The kinds of questions we're asking when we buy and sell a property are very different than the ones for managing a property. Sure. So for us, you know, 
if it's vegetation index, we want year over year max. We want to say, okay, where are the spots in the field that year over year are poor? Not within this year, but year over year. Uh, same with the historical imagery that you're talking about. I mean, that's really good. 50 centimeter and it will go to 30 centimeter soon. That's free imagery to the public. We just happen to make it really easily available. USDA is a great service in that sense. Um, so we'll see some of it get better. I actually don't expect like a massive revolution though in, in how imagery supports buying and selling land. I think we we have it pretty good as is. That's exciting. Uh, that's just my my take, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, it just to your point of... Uh there's all this information out there, but how do you go out and locate it all to, to really, you know, develop data and look at those problem areas or maybe look at those different opportunity zones. And I think that's what acres uh, really provides. So this is a, I mean, I have an answer to this question, but I want your opinion. I mean, who, so a lot of people that listen to this podcast are, are landowners, uh, aspiring landowners who should be using this software. And, I, and my answer is everyone, but I want your opinion too. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump around and say everyone, all of those folks, right? I mean, uh, so, I mean, I, personally, I'm a Zillow junkie, right? Like I, I keep up with properties on Zillow. I look at, you know, whatever farms I can find on there uh, on a regular basis, uh, but it's just lacking, right? If you're looking at buying or selling farmland, it doesn't have the additional information that you need to, to have a really clear picture of what a piece of land is worth or not worth, or is it worth going to look at on, on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. So, I need to see the soil scores and I like seeing the historical imagery. I like seeing, uh, you know, FEMA flood layer, for example, or mm -hmm. wetlands, how much of this property is exposed to, to the hundred year floodplain or the 500 year floodplain or things like that. Um, so I would say everyone, right? I mean, if you're interested in buying and selling land, uh, it's free for those users. We provide a lot of pub public data, we just make easily available. So mm -hmm. uh, we don't charge for that on the free level. Uh, so I would say anybody that, has uh is buying or selling land or has an interest in doing so can can make use of our tool yeah and that's a great point too because obviously you know zillow you know, gets a, a syndication from a lot of different mls's to where you can find it but to your point a lot of times you're um dependent on how good the listing is i mean quite frankly that's that's what it comes yeah. down to because maybe sure. they only provide one one image of the aerial map but you can then go in and actually find these farms that are for sale and hover right over it and pull all that information in real time, super fast. That's right. Yes, that's the, yeah, that's what we like about it. Uh, still a lot, lot to build, uh, but we're really excited about what we've built so far and and uh, are putting in front of our users. So yeah, I, I mean, I tell you, every time I look at a farm, regardless, and even if it's a timber track, that's the first thing I pull up because I do want to look in the floodplain. Uh, how much of it is in the FEMA floodplain? It, can you build anything on this property, or is it all completely in the floodplain? And then the historical imagery, I think, is such a powerful tool. Where can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, basically every two years, I assume you guys are pulling that USDA map when they're when they're shooting that. And most of those, and where right. I'm at, I notice that's usually like August. It seems like when they're flying those mm -hmm. or taking those images. So this explain a little bit more of what that is and and maybe how people could use it. Uh, sure, sure. So the USDA National Ag Imagery Program has been around for decades. Uh, it's a great resource. It is a, a midsummer leaf on um, you know high resolution uh, imagery product. And so the way it typically works, so what they I forget the exact claim, but it's basically every two to three years you'll get a full picture of your entire state in a leaf on stage. Um, so we pull all of that for every year. It for most places is gonna be in acres for every two years. And so you get that leaf on picture, 
I think ours starts in 2010 and, and comes up to present. We're in the process. I think it did stop at 2020. We're in the process of adding 21 and 22 in there uh, as we speak. So excited for that to come out. So you have 12 years of, of historical imagery data. Um, so it's 50 centimeter resolution, which basically means, yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy that you can get it that is. kind of resolution from space and yeah. you get in and you zoom in and it's like, okay, yeah, that's a car and that's a house and, you know, a patch of woods or whatever. And you can really get a pretty solid view of a, whether it's a field or a timber tract or, or something else with, with that historical imagery. Yeah. And the cool thing about that too, speaking of just floodplain properties, maybe you can see if they had to replant it, like, is that a really young crop or is it bare or is there a spot that's now bare because half the field got flooded or you can look at different problem areas and, and real quick to explain what the vegetation index is for people who maybe aren't familiar and what that looks like. It's kind of green and red. And, and what does that mean? Sure. So it's, it's a qualitative uh, view of vegetative health uh, is the way you can think of it. So effectively it's the ratio of absorbed near infrared light to red light. Uh, in that image. So we all see in red, green, and blue, but we all know that the light spectrum is much broader than that. So we don't see near infrared light, but it's a very important uh, part of the light spectrum for crop production. So that ratio, uh, if you get a high uh, NDVI or normalized difference vegetation index, vegetation index, what we call it, just simplify it. So green just means it's a healthier crop uh, than red or yellow. Um, and so often, you know, of course, we want re really clean green across the whole field. Uh, and it similar to the historical imagery, like we could actually create vegetation index week over week if we wanted to, or like once a month for the season. But the goal of our tool is more to support that year over year, you know, uh, production. So to that point, the first thing we do, like if we're doing some due diligence on a property, we're going to look at historical imagery for a couple of years. Do we see a year where something was really low, right? Like, oh, this half of the field overlaps the floodplain and it looks like it's been replanted or just was left bare. Um, and so then we'll go check out vegetation index and that'll tell us pretty quick, okay, this is red. It, it, yeah, definitely something was going on that year. Um, and so sort of the mix of toggling between those layers of historical imagery, the floodplain, uh, and your vegetation index are going to give you an idea of what the problem areas in that field are. Mm -hmm. Um, and so looking at it year over year tells you something about not so much the management. If it was a management issue, maybe it's just lacking some fertilizer, right? And that could be true for one year, but it's probably not the cause if you're seeing that year over year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and someone that's potentially wanting to buy something, let's say they, they want something that they can do some value add to and, and go on and fix something. So maybe if there's an area that there is a problem. Well, now you can identify mm -hmm. it quickly, go into it with not rose colored glasses, but understand what you're working with. And figure out, hey, right. how can I fix this? Or maybe we need to enroll this into CRP and get it out of production. That's right. Yeah, whether it's CRP or thinking about tiling in the Midwest or in you know in our part of the world and in the Mid South, uh, the Mississippi River Delta, then you know we look at land leveling, right? Can we level this field off? Um, put in some levees or what? You know, what do we need to do to to shore up the property and and ensure that uh, we're either you know getting water where it needs to be or getting water out of where it doesn't yeah. need to be? Yeah. So. Isn't that funny how that works? Like some parts of the country, they need water and then other parts of the country needs help getting water off of it. And it seems uh, it's just a balance. Yes, it it very much is. Uh, my background's in rice production, which, you know, rice requires a, a lot of water. Um, and so for us, everything's about land leveling and and uh, that's sort of the premier way to to produce rice. So 
Interesting. Uh, very different than putting in tile up there in your, your neck yeah. of the woods. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which, uh, tile I've seen like, even just, maybe I'm just more aware of it, but it seems like that's a much more adopted, um, just strategy of, of improving your crop and improving the value of, of your tillable field. Because, um, I have a property where <clears throat> it feeds into the Creek and now it's like all these different people that are tying into it. Like it's, it's more than a Creek now, I would say, just because there's yeah, so much right. pouring down into it. So much feeding in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the sort of landscaping that we're doing, uh, at large, it can have implications downstream. We're not always aware of. So it is yeah. kind of fun to fun and interesting and sometimes nerve wracking to, <laughs> to see how, how much water flows change over the years. Yeah. And so I think someone right now is probably wondering like what, what's all included in some of these free programs, because there's, I mean, I've, I've used just about every mapping software you can imagine, uh, whether it's for hunting or whether it's for uh, real estate and looking at land ownership and trying to pull these soil maps and everything else. What is free if someone just wants to poke, you know, get on here and poke around? Sure. So it's a lot. I don't even know if I can name all of them <laughs> out, right? But I'll, I, I mean, I can, I can talk through uh, some of the most used ones for sure. Uh, and with a free login, you can go in and click through and and browse a lot of it. But you know, listings everybody can see. Um, we've got a great partnership with Land Brokers Co-op that we're we're proud of and and love working with those guys. So we've got listings on there. Working on some great improvements to those listings down the pipeline and probably expand that part of the product in the back half of this year. Um, but really, uh, it, it, you know, grateful to make uh, 7,000. Um, and so those are all live and, you know, give them a call if uh, you see something you're interested in. Um, we do have a sold land layer. So uh, in the free version, we provide the courthouse sales. Uh, information. So we pull, you know, courthouse sales records from 3000 plus counties. And so anything with an agricultural land use code, um, you're going to get courthouse sales for the past few years. Gives you an idea what's selling in your area for what price, uh, who the, the buyers and sellers are. You're going to get owner name, address, the parcels um, for those that work. Um, and then as far as the the data layers, that's sort of the, you know, the subjects, that, the, the subject properties, most people are interested in listings, sold land, maybe you've yeah. got your own property, you want to save that. Yeah. And to your point too, I think that's something that uh, just when people talking, talking with different people, they're like, well, how do you find your comps? Well, it's a little bit different being a real estate professional, but for someone to go on there for free and instead of trying to sift through all these different, you know, filters on Zillow or Realtor and, and going through all these different things, like. It's a, it's a pretty powerful tool just to hop on there for free. And it's a great starting yeah. point. It may not be sure. uh, as comprehensive as, as a real estate professional, but it's a great starting point. That's right. Yeah, it just gives you a rough, rough idea. Um, and I'd love to talk more about that too in a little bit. I think there's some cool valuation discussions to have, especially you know in our, our higher levels of the software. Um, but the other, I mean, I would say historical imagery, vegetation index, we talked about, those are both free layers. The soil maps, um, so that's going to give you soil type uh, percent of the field that's under that soil type. We've got the crop productivity indices. So uh, in states that don't have their own index, we have the national crop productivity index. Uh, in states that have their own, so Illinois, we've got the Illinois PI in there. Uh, in Indiana, we've got the the WAPI weighted average PI, CSR two of course, and in Iowa and. Uh, I forget all of CPI, Minnesota, Dakotas. Yeah. So There's a, uh, everybody likes to that. come up with their own, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their own soil weighting. Um, and so, yeah, so you can catch all that data for free, which of course, you know, that's a super valuable piece of information when you're trying to value a farm. Uh, you want to have some, you know, some way to understand the value of that 
property from a production standpoint. So that's sort of a, again, it's not a perfect metric. There is no perfect metric, um, mm-hmm. but it is one one tool in the toolbox to help you get an idea of the, the value of a property for ag production. Um, so yeah, soils data, and real, uh, is something, a big one. Something real cool with the with the soils data too. So um, for any rec owners that are curious about expanding the food plot, or maybe looking at something that was, you know, recorded FSA acreage, but maybe it's expired CRP, you can literally go draw out what that field is if it's not even in the FSA, and then you can get the soil That's rating right. for that specific food plot. And then now you can realize, well, can I only plant clover, or can I actually get corn and beans in there if it's large enough? Which um, is such a huge thing. You know, obviously you can still do a soil test, but that's going to give you a really great uh, starting point. That's right. It does. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. And to that point, we've got the FSA, you know, the FSA CLUs in there. So you can go in and toggle through and look at what may or may not be suitable for CRP or WRP or something else. Another program um, that's certainly a, a valuable tool. We use it all the time trying to sum up your tillable acres. Uh, mm-hmm. for a parcel. Um, again, rough estimate, but it gets you as close as you need to uh, when you're trying to value a property. Um, elevation data, of course, uh, kind of along the same lines, we're talking about vegetation index yeah. and and soils and whatnot. Elevation can give you an idea where you might have some problem spots. Maybe you get a low spot in the field, want to double check that in the middle of the growing season. Is it getting flooded out at all? Or, you know, or maybe it's tiled and you don't see any change in the, the vegetation index. So you're good. Um, mm-hmm. So elevation can help you spot some of those, those places in the field. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I, I'm probably leaving something out because we do have a, an awful lot of yeah. data in there uh, yeah. to go check out. But that's, I think the, the ones that I remember right off the top of my head that I use all the time. Yeah. And the, uh, I think the combination of using the FSA acreage in combination with historical imagery for some of these mixed use properties is such a powerful thing. And that's, that's what I really love the most because that, that's a great way to do some value, you know, a value add. Maybe you got to do a little sod busting on something that is no longer in production, but you could likely get back into production or, um, you know, I, th- I just think that's such a powerful thing that for sure you have to use a lot of other paid mapping softwares that are much more clunky. And I can say that because I've used them in yeah. one quick seamless way. Yeah, sure. Well, I appreciate the the shout out on that. Um, yeah, the the other one we do use, probably less helpful, I don't know, uh, in the Midwest, you can tell me, I don't know, maybe you use it, but the crop history layer, which is, you know, pulled from USDA cropland data layer. Uh, I love looking at it in the, in the Mid-South, uh, down here in East Arkansas on the Delta, like one side of Crowley's, you know, there's this ridge, Crowley's Ridge, call it a ridge. It's like 200 feet above sea level. But <laughs> one side of the ridge, you know, you're getting a lot of sandy ground, a lot of cotton ground. And so if I zoom in and I click on a parcel, look at crop history, I'm going to get probably soybeans, cotton, or maybe it'll be a soybeans, peanut kind of rotation there, uh, peanuts, cotton, whatever. Uh, and then I can zoom out and I've got a slightly uh, larger perspective. And if I look west of Crowley's Ridge, I'm going to see a lot of rice soy. It's heavier clay soils, easy mm-hmm. to flood, more land leveling. Um, so you can really get a, a good picture of crop diversity, not just for one year, but you can actually look at it year over year for like four or five, five years, maybe now, six years we've got. Um, so you get a good idea of the crop rotation. I mean, up your way, I'm assuming it's it's primarily corn see. soy, corn soy. Yeah. Uh, but down here, you kind of get that that regional or local uh, diversity of of crop crops and crop rotations over years. One hundred percent. And so, this uh, I primarily use the desktop version. I think it's really comprehensive. Sure. And so there is a mobile uh, mobile version as well. So are most of these tools available on the mobile version as well? 
Yes, most of the the free data is available in the mobile app now. Um, we're working on some pretty big rollouts. Uh, super excited uh, for those in the near future. I mean, you can check out your your save land on there now, uh, but the functionalities, uh, you know, we're we're still kind of building the foundation. We want to make sure that everything's built well, um, so that when you're out in the field uh, taking measurements or whatever, you can save them in the app and and roll from there. But yeah, most of these. Uh, data points are are in the mobile app, ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, honestly, part, so if you're looking for sorry no, parcel owners or you know looking at parcels or owners out in the field, um, you know, the, trying to get a sense of of where you should look in the field you're standing in, it's a great tool for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to your point in terms of uh, this taxi information too. So uh, if you're confident that that farm sold maybe five, six, seven years ago, and maybe isn't in that database, you can go and pull that up and copy and paste instead of going to the GIS yeah. map and then going to the right. tax assessor site. And, and then, yeah, it's just a lot more efficient. And so, exactly. I mean, would you just say like to summarize the tool, it's, would you just say faster and more informed due diligence? Is that a fair way to describe the service? Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely true. Um, yeah, faster, uh, more efficient due diligence on the property. I think it kind of depends. You know, we've rolled out some some new features that we're really excited about in the past uh, few months. So most of what we're talking about to you know so far uh, here today is the sort of the free version. What's all the data that we provide for free? Um, and I would say the you know if you're a local land expert, a land broker, um, uh, maybe an appraiser, uh, and you're you're doing this kind of due diligence all the time, then it can make a lot of sense to bump into that premium version where you get some advanced search features. So you're looking for all the properties, uh, a list of parcel numbers, for example, or you're looking for all the properties owned by a specific individual uh, to support their, them as a client. Um, you you want to save unlimited numbers of properties and do unlimited customization. So you can go in and add wells and notes and uh, polygons and lines of whatever you need to mark up on your property, uh, generate reports, PDF reports containing all the data with your own white label. So you can actually label those reports with your own brand uh, and, and ship those out to clients. So due diligence and sort of broker support, I would say at that premium level. Um, and then when you bump into our enterprise software, which again is is a fairly recent addition for us, um, we've had a lot of beta testers over the past year, and recently we've really gone full on with with this uh, since the turn of the new year. Um, and in that enterprise version, uh, we're we've added additional uh, workflows. So. With that, you're getting uh, one more data access. So you're actually going to get some high high quality curated comparable sales data. So these are uh, manually added sales data that my team uh, on the data science team puts in and validates and verifies. Yeah. So you get a lot more information uh, for those sales. Um, aside from that data access is high quality comps. You're also getting data management and portfolio management workflows. Right, so if you want to custom label a whole bunch of properties and mark them as okay, these are the ones for sale. These are off market, and we're doing due diligence on them right now. Here's all the row crop properties or the permanent crop properties, whatever. You can create your own custom labels for your team. So it's really built for an organization of multiple people, five, ten, fifteen users to share a workspace or a portfolio, uh, track all, uh, share that information uh, within their team. So I feel like you know, it kind of. We, we've built a couple of different uh, experiences in the product and 
So it's great for the buyer seller uh, in the free version. It's great for brokers, I would say, at the, the premium mm -hmm. level. And I think at the enterprise level, we've got a lot of banks, uh, funds, um, and uh, you know, folks that own a lot of land or sort of manage a portfolio of land, I guess, is a slightly different um, uh, tool. But yeah, by and large, faster due diligence, ask the right questions. We're not going to answer every question, mm -hmm. right? Our, our goal is to give you the data uh, to take a deeper look digitally, get 90% there, ask better, more precise questions when you do visit the farm, right? Mm -hmm. We're not a fan of automatically valuing farmland. Uh, it's a very difficult task. And so uh, we trust local experts uh, to carry out that part of the equation. We have some additional tools to help with it. But in general, we want to give you all the right tools to ask the right questions and speed up your due diligence process. Yeah, to your point of uh, not wanting to give a, a valuation, I think we've seen how that worked for Zillow and their Zestimate with, <laughs> when they were buying stuff like on an automated basis based off their own algorithm. Uh, it yeah. shows, shows that uh, things are just a little bit more complex. It's true. And and I think even more so with, with farmland. I mean, just to kind of maybe take a follow the rabbit trail here uh, for a minute. You know, with, with ag land, one, you've got just far less sales, right? If you're looking at residential, you've got sales every day in your area probably that you can build into a model. So you can pull a lot more information. You tend to have a lot of information, three bedroom, two bath, you know, year the house was built. Square footage. Uh, so you can actually, yeah, like tons of stuff. But on a farm, you know, okay, well, it's got, you know, four improvements. You got a barn and two sheds and a house. Uh, and then you've got, you know, four pivots, one's brand new and three or six years old and one's, you know, whatever. Like mm -hmm. by the time you start calibrating the value of that property across all those domains, there's no way we uh, can provide all of that information and come up with an evaluation uh, within our digital tool that makes sense. Um, so we do have some, some tools. Uh, it's called Ag Valuation. Um, we have it as a separate offering now. It'll be integrated into to Acres in the near future. But basically, as long as you have property level information, we help set the market baseline. And we give the land experts the ability to go in and toggle through with that specific property information to get a good valuation, one that you could trust and, and is, in fact, um, uh, can be USPAP certified. So that's a, a really exciting thing we're working on now. Yeah. And but so we will not put just, you know, assessment like feature on the map because uh, we feel like it's probably misleading. Yeah. It, or you'd have to have like a 20 to 25% variance, which I think that's what the estimate, I think that's what they say is a 20, 25% estimate. I was like, well, I think most people can be within 20% of what they think yeah. in most scenarios. Um, but this, what I and I want your opinion on this because you're working on this in this field every single day. I mean, there there's this movement of just more transparency with land overall. What do you think that does to the entire industry over the next five or ten years? Well, in comparison to the it, previous five to ten, just to, to add another yeah, layer. Yeah, sure. That. That's a good, really great thought experiment, actually. Um, so. With, with transparency, I think comes efficiency. So you see, you know, fair market value, right? That's, that's a big piece of it is providing data, um, access to good comparable sales, listings, along with all this other information. It just arms both sellers with the right information. Um, and I think we're gonna see that uh, hopefully uh, tools like this where more data is more accessible faster, uh, transactions will speed up. 
we have a lot of farmland that's going to turn over uh, due to succession, right? The average age of the farmer is like 65 plus or something like that. Um, so a lot of families are going to turn over. It's going to get passed to the son or the nephew or somebody like that. In some cases, it's going to get sold to a farm manager or someone else, a neighbor. Um, so the more of this data becomes available, the faster I think those transa transactions will happen. So I would argue, I don't know if I could say five, 10 years, but historically we'll say um, land transactions taking a lot of time, right? Due diligence takes a lot of time. Your boots on the ground, you're having to walk properties, take a lot of notes, go back, go chase down courthouse, courthouse chase down additional mapping documents. Um, and then you've got to get an appraiser and that often takes, you know, six weeks and it it's expensive. So it's just been really slow. And even still as a buyer, you, you may not have great information about that farm. Uh, it's a little bit like buying a used car. Like how much do you trust the guy selling you the car? Um, and so in our case, uh, and, and by all means, they're great used car salesmen, right? I've bought a number of used cars and I'm really happy with them because I trust the people giving it to me. But often in the land sales market, you may not know who you're working with and you may not know the property you're working with. So by providing a lot of this data digitally, it just helps you ask the right questions when you go meet that seller, go meet that broker and walk the property, you know exactly where to go look, where to ask the right question. Mm -hmm. It's uh, instead of car mat or car, uh, car facts, it's uh, farm facts. <laughs> and I think- Yeah, farm facts, <laughs> I dig that. That's a great idea. And I think that to your point, like with all the tools that are on there, you really can, like with using the vegetation index, using the historical imagery, using the FEMA floodplain, like you can really get- a lot of those blemishes of a farm in a really fast fashion. Cause if let's say it's a little bit different, if you're buying the farm that you drove by for the last 20 years of your life, like you have a pretty good idea of like, well, it might, it might right. flood in the spring, but let's say you're sure. wanting someone, you know, you're someone that wants to buy land just a little bit, maybe outside of your radius or in a different state. I mean, just to go through and click through all that stuff is just, it's just hard. I think, I think maybe people won't appreciate it enough because of how powerful it really is. I mean, it's insane. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think so, so faster and more efficient. I think that's the name of the game. Uh, yeah. Do you think that land prices would inherently appreciate faster because of everything moving, moving along quicker? And, and, and this is obviously relative to different markets, but I'm just thinking of areas that sure. just like to correlate it to home areas where there's a lot of transactions, there's a lot of excitement, and it seems like those prices in houses typically go faster. And so I wonder if there's more data and people willing just to pay a little bit more, a little bit more, that that compounds faster to more land appreciation. I may be grasping for straws, but that's just kind of what goes through my mind. So so I'll I'll cautiously agree. Is that fair? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think we're going to see like access to data driving like crazy amounts of appreciation, right? I don't necessarily see that happening. I do see, you know, supplies get increased, but demand is also increasing uh, substantially. And so the fundamentals in the market, I think, are are in place for uh, stable appreciation in agricultural land. I think that's true. I think we're just, we have more mouths to feed. Uh, we have less and less farmland um, it, in total, right? Because of development, cities expanding and things like that. Um, so I do think you're gonna see, you know, some additional supplies is gonna come in because you got farms turning over and someone needs to buy them and, and produce on them. Uh, so that's true. Uh, demand is up. So I think there's a strong case to be made for agricultural land appreciating over time. I don't think we're, you know, I'm not going to say that I think, I'm not going to put a number on that, I guess is what I'll say. I, sure. I don't think we'll see a dramatic difference 
in the next, say, 20 years of appreciation relative to the last 30. I think we'll have some ups, maybe a, a couple of plateaus here and there, as you do in any market. Uh, there's mm -hmm. always a bit of risk. But in general, I think we'll maintain the upward trend and trajectory of appreciation in agricultural land. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, just an additional thought to that is most people, I mean, people buy a lot of cars, but typically people don't buy a lot of farms in their lifetime. And so I think to have really razor sharp data to make a really good decision is paramount and making a, a good choice versus, you know, you, you buy this farm, whether you want to use it for hunting or, or expand your business, like you want it to be uh, a springboard and not an anchor. And so uh, in a way it can be right. an anchor is overlooking some things that uh, maybe it would be easier by not using a tool like this. I agree. Interesting. Well, I think it's, it's just very, very exciting. I listened to a, another podcast that you're on and you talked a little bit about timber and this sounds like it's a little bit like a side passion project of what you have going on with this. And, uh, this, this explain a little bit of what that is. And, and that fascinates me of, of what potentially could happen. Yeah. Love to talk through it. Uh, we're still, still working on some timber concepts in the background. Again, like you said, it's sort of a side project. I think we'll have some things coming out later this year. I'm, I'm pretty excited about, but, um, there are a few things, you know, I mean, uh, similar to soils data, when you're looking at timber, uh, Actually, through NRCS, they provide a site index, which is effectively like a growth yield curve for timber. Um, and so if, if you're managing forests and, and evaluating timber percentage, you need that site index sort of a base level layer uh, to get a sense of, of what it's worth, what's, what the trajectory is in terms of the value proposition uh, of that timber stand. Um, and so we've got that one in the works. Uh, in addition to that, we've been working, you know, again, I'm a data scientist and, and come from that background. So we've been working on some imagery analytics to, to identify timber age or timber maturity. So going back with historical imagery, um, so we talk about how fast imagery is improving. Uh, so you can get higher resolution, you can get more spectral bands and all kinds of fun stuff. You can get it every day. Um, well, for timber, that really doesn't matter, right? Right. Um, but in crops, maybe, maybe, but so, so in, in, in timber, um, that doesn't matter, but what matters is how deep in time you can go, right? I mean, if you're talking about a, even a pine stand, uh, you really need 30, 35, 40 years of data, uh, to get a decent age estimate for, for many of the pine plantations out there. And so we've done some initial work to go back in time with what most would consider like poor imagery in today's standards, but my favorite uh, satellite platform is Landsat, which has been around um, a long time, uh, over 50 years. So uh, most people are not super aware. It's 30 meter resolution. So that means every pixel is 30 meters, but it provides more than 10 spectral bands. So you can actually do a lot with that. It just doesn't look pretty, right? Mm -hmm. If I show it in the historical imagery layer, everybody's going to complain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I make a vegetation index or something like that. It can yield some value. Uh, what we provide is better uh, in, for the past few years. But if I stack all those images over time, year over year for 30 years, and I back to when it was last cut, then I see that whole plot was red, and then it's a little bit green the next year and a little bit green for a few years after, then you can get an estimate of how old that, that particular stand of timber is. So we're pretty happy. I mean, our just initial uh, run at this, we've gotten within plus or minus two years, which is still larger than I'd like to like it to be. I'd like to have a three-year range uh, that I'm pretty confident in. 
Um, that's probably not going to make it on the platform soon, uh, but it's a fun project that uh, on on nights and weekends I'll I'll dabble <laughs> with, and, and some of my team members have a similar um, interest in it. So yeah, it's just it's just really cool just to get a, a footprint of a piece of land because a lot of that's lost and lost over the years, lost in translation. Uh, maybe there's three new owners throughout that time frame, and so like, well, I think it was cut this year, and like, well. Right. It could be ten years off, and so that's a uh, that's a long time for someone, especially uh, buying a parcel like that for as an investment. For sure, it's yeah, it it makes a massive difference, and and I think there's crossover uh, not just for timber crops but permanent crops, right? I mean, you go yeah. out west, and you've got almonds and pistachios and walnuts and things like that. I mean, that it those are valued by the leaf year. So it, it is of particular importance there. I think we're further away from doing something like permanent crops because it's more challenging, but um, interesting problem nonetheless. Yeah, no, cool. I, I figured it's it's probably like, you're like, you don't want to share it quite yet because it's still in its infancy, but I just think it's so cool right. that uh, that I wanted, I at least wanted to touch it on it. So yeah, sure. I mean, anything else that you think that people really need to know before using the tool, whether like just any questions or comments that you guys get often or anything else that you just really want to share that that's really important. I think we covered a lot of really important stuff though. Probably the, the other thing, I mean, in general, I would just say get on and play around. Um, there, there's a lot of data. You log in is free. Um, uh, give it a chase. Um, the, the only other one we didn't really touch on because we were still in the infancy stages, I would say, is our water layer. So we do have Nebraska uh, Natural Resource Districts, which is the, the water management layer for Nebraska. And then we have a water layer for California. Again, uh, water districts and uh, adjudicated basins and Sigma priorities and all the, the complex water rights layers that you need in California when you're valuing property. We've got quite a few more states coming down the pipeline. Uh, pretty excited to get those in later. Uh, later this year. Um, so that's a fun one. Uh, it's fun, even if you're not in California, uh, to go out to California and take look. it for a cruise and, and look at the water, um, water districts and layers uh, there. Uh, that that would be a fun one to go check out. Um, you know, again, check out the, the premium version. We're going to actually have a, I'd like to do a, a, a sort of a, a discount uh, here for, for listeners of your podcast. We've got uh, a deal for the first hundred people. Uh, we'll take sixty bucks off the annual subscription, um, and just use the code Land Podcast as one word, all caps. That'll take sixty bucks off that annual subscription for the premium version. That's cool. um, so that's a a good way to get people plugged in and and working with the tool. Uh, try it out and shoot us your feedback. If you find things you like, tell us you like it. If you find things you don't like, tell us you don't like it. Um, we have people send us their wish lists all the time. I can't promise uh, yeah. that it'll get in like next week, but our team listens. You know, we got about uh, 35, 40 people uh, working on this product now, and we listen to our users. We're building new things all the time and making adjustments to how the workflows, uh, you know, work for the user. Um, so happy to have feedback from from folks as they check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to kind of echo that like i've used a t i still used all of my mapping is consolidating to acres is what's happening because like i'm okay. slowly weaning off other subscriptions because i don't need them anymore and so sure i think that it just uh it simply pays for itself instead of having to pay for this mapping software for this thing this mapping software for that and so on and just consolidate all of it and i think it's just very easy to use and and, and quick and efficient and so i think um 
like if I had to pick one mapping software to, to buy, like it's Acres because it does the most, the fastest. <laughs> it's like the easiest way to say it. Well, we love to hear that. Uh, keep it up. You can preach that all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anything else here? Any uh, any hot takes in in the world of land that you want to share? Off the record, but it will be on the record. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. No, again, I think um, to not to beat a dead horse, but uh, I will sort of reiterate. I I think throwing values on a map uh, because you have a model is probably not a good take, um, and and that's a hot take. I think everybody out there is chasing that right now. They're trying to put a number on a map uh, because it it kind of draws eyes, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I look at it on Zillow all the time. I want to see those estimates. Uh, even though it's probably wrong. Um, and in ag, it's probably really wrong. Uh, so we do, what I'll say is that's the hot take is I don't think AVMs are the answer. I don't think valuation models in that sense are the answer. I think the answer is providing the right data and a fast workflow for giving a land expert the ability to get a valuation. Mm -hmm. And that's a tool that we provide people uh, in Acres. So um, I think that's a good place for me to to, to land there with a bit of a hot take on <laughs> AVMs and, and uh -huh. what we're doing to try to solve that problem in a different way than anybody else is. Yeah. And I think to, to your point of just it being really challenging to, to put values on these pieces of land, we were just talking before auctions are really the ones that are doing market discovery of, of price. And I think a lot of people, right. they're, they're exceeding what would be a metric like if I had to go in and put like a side bet on some of these auctions, I'm wrong. And so, like as a land professional to go right. list something, it, it becomes a little challenging because there's just a lot of competition in limited inventory, which is obviously great for sellers. For sure, for sure. So now this is this is great. I really appreciate Aaron and uh, appreciate your time and walking through all of this. And I encourage everyone to to check it out and play around on it. I mean, just even the, the free version is very powerful. And I think the uh, the value add of, of using the premium version is, is well worth it if you're already buying mapping software. Well, thanks a bunch, Jake. It's It's been a real pleasure getting to talk with you today. And and certainly hope everybody hops on and checks out. Uh, you know, shoot me an email if uh, there's something I can help with. But yeah, uh, thanks for having us. Awesome. And where can people find you? Uh, I know we said acres.co. Um, anything else uh, that you want to plug here? Yeah, so acres.co, uh, we've got a, our, our support you know, emails on there. If you need anything, uh, our pricing information, or, or if you just want a demo or some training, just reach out to us on there and we'll be happy to hop on a call with you, walk through stuff, make sure everything is, is easy for you to use. Um, and again, just to reiterate, we do have a deal uh, for the first 100 people listening, um, $60 off our annual subscription. Use the code LANDPODCAST as one word, all caps. That'll Love get it, it done. Awesome. Thanks again, Aaron. There you guys have it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to tune in to the Exodus podcast tomorrow to catch the other two winners of the Exodus Rival giveaway. And next week we have David Gorder from North Dakota talking about how North Dakota could be a great state for whitetails, even though it doesn't come top of mind. So I hope you guys enjoy that episode. Till next time, see ya.